How's it, everybody? Welcome back for season two of the pod with me, Nick, and my good buddy, Ronnie. Well, welcome to my show, and I'm Ronnie. The Ronnie Show. Yeah, so season one was a tremendous success. We hit more than 125,000 listeners, or twice the population of Brakpan. A huge thanks Is that to legit, all... or did you just put that in there? Uh, it's, it's fairly legit. You know, 90% of statistics, yeah, statistics are incorrect and made up on the spot, eh, Ronald? Is that so? Yeah, inter- interesting fact, that. <laughs> so, yeah, a huge thank you to all our listeners. We hope you're all tuning in this week. And please, guys, share the pod with all your friends, family, and even those randoms at the Briar that support the Blue Bulls. Season two is proudly supported by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Get your tools for your family jewels today at 20% off, plus free shipping by using the code PUNTED20 at checkout. Lacker, Ronnie, have you recovered from your humbling on the squash court last night by yours truly? Uh, once again, you don't really understand how the, how squash scoring works, but uh, okay, that, that's fine, whatever you want to say. Did I or did I not win the last game that we played last night? No. I didn't win it. You won the last set. The last set, okay, well, schematics. Uh, Nick's the, the champion, Ronnie did not get that far. So yeah, Ronnie, like a weekend though, we got to watch a bit of international rugby mixed in with some of the URC. I know you were a bit of a boring fart on Sunday and you didn't come with me to Loftus. I actually didn't go to Loftus either, but the, the intention... Yeah, I was there. just about to say, you didn't go either. And you, uh, yeah, okay, I see how it is. We start this season two off like that, where you just add all sorts of rubbish and, uh, you know, you can say whatever you like. Yeah, well, if season one taught me anything, I've got to get my jabs in when the opportunity comes, hey? Yeah, because you're often very, very incorrect. So, Ronnie, let's dive in then to the URC. I mean, seven rounds have been played. What do you have for us in the the log there? Well, all right. So, seven rounds in. You know, it's it's we actually have enough to talk about now. I think very often people talk about previews to the season, and then uh, things just go pear shaped. So, when we're kicking off our season two, we're actually like you know couple of weeks and two months into the URC. So there's a lot to talk about, a lot of movement already. But I think the usuals are up at the top. And uh, and you go, you got the usuals at the back again, <coughs> looking at you, Wales slash Italy. I'm surprised you didn't say, and you've got the usuals in the middle too, because you seem to say the Sharks are the most mediocre team. And I think they're an eighth, if I'm correct. Well, right in the middle, right? So you said it. The Sharks really are the world's most average team. We're right in the middle once again. You know, we're, we're sort of sharing middle spot with the Lions. So eighth and ninth, Sharks-Lions. And that's right where I expect my team to be, the Sharks. And I'm a little bit disappointed that it's come to that. But look, right at the top, once again, we've got Leinster. Right? So some of the rounds, they'll be losing some of their players for international duty. Let's see how that impacts them. Uh, but they're, they're kicking off right off the, from the beginning of the season, right at the top of the log. So they clearly are going to be the ones to beat. Yeah, I think they're coming out firing after losing out in the semifinals to the Bulls last year. They've got a lot to prove and they've come out firing like we expected them to. I think the the Stormers and the Bulls also in the, the top half of the log, they're featuring quite well. But it has been some some interesting games in the opening seven rounds, some real surprises as well in terms of results. I don't think I expected Munster to do as badly as they have been. But, yeah, well underway so far. That's a good point. That is really a surprise, though. They really they really have dropped down the log. But, you know, it's still early days in the season. 
Um, there's still some time for you to catch up in, in Superbrew, I suppose. Do, do you just want to tell everyone where you are in Superbrew on the combined log? Yeah, uh, I'm top 1,000. Top 1,000, okay. Cool. <laughs> well, we, we won't brilliant specify further than that. I don't want to hurt your feelings, Ronnie, when you find out I'm ahead of you. Numbers confused you, right? So you don't want to go there. <laughs> um, so then, Ronnie, we saw the Stormers face the Lions this weekend. 31-22 win for the Stormers. By all points at halftime, it looked like the Lions were going to take it. The Lions had really climbed into the Stormers, were firing well. But I think that second half from the Stormers, they just came from nowhere, put the pressure on and, and got the results at the end. Anyway, so I thought the Lions might do a little bit better at halftime. Oh, at halftime, at home. You saw that monster kick by uh, Mr. Hendrickson himself. I sent that to you. Did you see yeah. that video? Yeah, I posted it meter. as well. 70 meters slotting that. And uh, that was quite a surprise for me. I, obviously, on the high pop, but a 70 meter kick is no joke. I couldn't do that. 70 meter doesn't matter if it's on 70 meters on the moon, it's yeah. 70 meters on the moon. Yeah, no, that's true. Very so, impressive. So, well done to the Stormers. You know, they also are really performing, coming out guns blazing this URC kicking off. Um, and you know, them and the Bulls are doing exceptionally well. So, uh, if we could just chat about the Bulls decimated the Sharks. A little bit embarrassing. I wouldn't say decimated the Sharks. You know, I am a Sharks supporter, unlike you. The It was a very close game until the last 20 minutes. And then the last 20 minutes, two quick tries from the Bulls. And that was sort of the Sharks out of the contest. It was very frustrating to watch. Um, and that smirk on Jake White's face, you know, saying the Sharks have won once at Loftus in the last 10 years was pretty frustrating. Also, from a fairness aspect, some of the Springbok players get withdrawn from the URC, some don't. So the Bulls get to keep the likes of Spoo and Corsi, Marku van Staden, and so on, while the Sharks have to forfeit all of theirs to travel to Ireland already. And what makes it even more funny, the Sharks box that left got to Ireland after the ones that played in the URC because those guys' flight got delayed in Dubai. Tough tickets. You've got to have big squads now, and you've got to be able to roll with players coming in and out. I still think... uh... You know, it was close. It was close for 60 minutes, like you say, and then they just went to sleep. They went yeah. to sleep, and that's that's really shameful from the Sharks, and that's indicative of the world's most average team. Are you going to keep drumming that drum this season? It sounds like it. An all-Irish affair with Ulster-Munster. Close game. Which one did you pick? Ulster-Munster. I picked Ulster for that fixture. 15-14. Yeah. Uh, uh, Munster not doing too well this season so far. Missing your hand from Kran in the coaching box. Well, it's a poor start. It's a slow start, but things can pick up, I'm sure. But that was a Connect really tight fixture. I mean, 15-3 at half time. Uh, Munster came into the second half. They only had 13 men for the first 10 minutes. And then they managed to come out, score two tries. Ulster really struggling with the win. And yeah, Ulster just managing to hang on for the victory in that one. Then we had a Connect versus Ospreys match. Uh, I was one of the few ones that called that one right as well, about three points to connect. So the way team coming coming into uh, into Wales and winning, that's a good one for them. Yeah, and I mean, that game as well is another one trend of the weekend where Ospreys were leading 12-0 at halftime. Out of nowhere, then the, the Connacht come back to win the game, leaving Ospreys with one win from seven games this season. So that was a bit of a shocker. And the difference then was a Jack Carty drop goal. That's That's the only differentiating feature from that whole game. 
So all the teams seemingly needing to work on their their finishing or their closing out of the games in the second half. Yeah, not all teams can be like the All Blacks, right? Yeah, that, well, the former All Blacks. Glasgow 37, Benetton 0. Now, on paper, that result doesn't look too interesting. You know, Benetton not too well. But only a week earlier, the Bulls were losing to Benetton until 60 minutes when they managed to come back and win 44-22. So, you know, quite a comprehensive win from Glasgow when you look at it like that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Glasgow... Well done to them, making up a large portion of this of the Scottish contingent as well. They played against Australia. They had some missing players and still managed to perform. Yeah, I guess that steals the the excuse away from the Sharks, eh? Oh, that's a good one. I didn't even think of that, but absolutely, you can still perform without your internationals. Last game of the weekend, then Cardiff v Edinburgh. Edinburgh coming, uh, uh, being the away team, coming over to Wales as well and uh, winning that one twenty five seventeen. So a little bit of a mixed bag. You couldn't you couldn't give it all to the uh, the home teams, but a nice little spread there, and uh, it's just a real shame that some of the Italian teams and 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 Welsh teams are once again not doing so well. Yeah, seeing the same struggles they saw last year, it would seem. But the URC is now taking a pause for the cause. It's going to be suspended for the November internationals. And then we actually dive into the EPCR. So the URC is going to take quite a little bit of a break now. That being said, November internationals are upon us. The Springboks have named their squad. I think at this point in the year and this point in Jacques Ninaba's coaching tenure, the squad doesn't change too much. So maybe we can just take a bit of a look there and, and have a chat about some of the major talking points, Ronnie. So in the forwards, just to, to point out, there's an inclusion for Thomas DeToy again. Uh, Jason Jenkins has been included from Leinster. Uh, Dion Ferry has been retained as the third hooker option slash flank, so he's listed as a utility. And interesting for me is that we've actually selected six locks in the forwards this time. We were complaining about the number of scrum halves we selected earlier in the year, and now we've really selected quite a few locks, so that's interesting to see. Ivan Roos getting the call. Marku van Staden is going back in the squad. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the forwards that have been selected for, for the tour? Yeah, we've got a powerful, powerful set of forwards. And I, I don't really know what army of forwards, you may say what we can call them. I mean, we've got props all over the show. We've got, I mean, you said six locks. Is that inclusive of Peter Steftatois? Peter Steftatois excluded from that list. No, that was including Franku Mostert, so not even including Peter Steftatois. Right, so I mean, we're packing, we're packing lots of units there, and you know, I couldn't be happier with our current state of forwards right across the board, right across the potential SAA team, as well as the, the sort of starting Springbok team as well. I think it's incredible to see how how far we've come. Dion Ferry uh, still excites me a little bit, uh, although he's on the latter end of thirty, but you know, I'd love to see a little bit of game time out of him as well. See how many black eyes he can rack up. So, you know, I'm I'm excited with a lot of the forwards. It's 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 the backline I'm concerned about. Yeah, you know, I agree with you, Ronnie. We've got great depth at forwards, we've got well-established forwards. I think it's it's just a little frustrating to me to see we've built, done so well to build depth at lock. We've got six guys here, plus we've got guys that are not even on this tour that have played for the box in the last two years. But then you look at some positions and we've spoken about it the whole of season one, where we're really lacking in depth. And as you've mentioned, the backline is a worry for you now. I think I'm quite excited to see Ivan Roos get a, a game. I think he'll probably get some game time against Italy. That'll definitely be for him. Dion Ferry, like you say, very, very excited that he's still in the team. 
Also, I think Jason Jenkins' inclusion is a bit of a sign that we're looking beyond Archie Snyman recovering in time for the World Cup. He's had a torrid time with injuries. So, unfortunately, it looks like the box are now looking for a, a like-for-like replacement for him. And then, you know, the props, the front row, you really can't complain about this forward pack. The only thing you can say is these players should have been included. There's no one here that doesn't deserve to be there in my mind. Um, yeah, so Lebok Gomezulu. So we've got to get used to saying Gomezulu and pronouncing that correctly. We have a very exciting prospect, right? And plays 10, plays center as well. So plays center alongside Marty Lebok as well for the Stormers this past weekend. So we got we got some players that uh, seem to be a little bit versatile there. Yeah, look, it's still a bit of a concern. Feel like these players should have racked up some game time already, but rather now than next year, right? So at least they're coming on the India to at least they get some game time. I think uh, when we talk about the this the the weekend's team uh, a little bit later in the pod, we'll talk about some of my concerns at center. But but yeah, look, I think uh, we focused a lot on the forwards, um, and I hope uh, the India tour at least gives us a couple of answers with respect to the backline. Yeah, I think I'm very excited that Marnie Lubok is there. I actually went back in the podcast and it was episode three, the first time I mentioned Marnie Lubok, called for his inclusion. So I'm very happy he's finally getting that opportunity. And I really hope he gets some game time. Are you just bragging a bit now? Is that what you're doing? You're bragging a bit now? Just, just a little bit, you know. It's not often you have a recording of you saying something that you can go back to for evidence. Still well, the clock's also right twice a day. So. Well, this clock's right more than that. Um, but yeah, Armani definitely deserve it. I mean, he won man of the match in the Stormers versus Lions game this weekend. I think that was quite a statement. You know, often players get a bit despondent at club level when they look towards the international stage. So big credit to him there. Um, but him and Ngomazulu, the only two real new inclusions in the squad's Boon Corsi returns. Although him and Marku van Staden both have rib injuries after the Sharks game. So we're not yet sure at what stage they will link up with the box. And then trimming the scrum halves down to three from five. Although I think Faf is now listed as a utility back covering both nine and ten. Yeah, look, just to go back to what you said about Marty Lubbock. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I'm not sure if we were still recording the podcast in the end part of season one or if it was just you and me standing around the braai. We spoke about Marty Lubbock going through a bit of a dip in form. And uh, we were concerned that he may have missed his opportunity, right? We said... Uh, he should have been selected when he was in form in the URC earlier in the year. But uh, look, I think you're right. This this past weekend showing proved that uh, he his dip may be coming to an end, or it was just temporary. So very excited for Molly Lubbock because yeah, we need some options at ten. Though, that's for sure. Yeah, we definitely do. So hoping to see him come through this tour with some game time and actually excelling when given an opportunity. And then, Ronnie, also exciting news. The SAA sides, they're going to be facing Munster and Bristol Bears. That side's been named. Interestingly enough, only 19 players named in the SAA squad. So I assume a couple from the box main squad will also be given some game time there. Possibly Marnie, Sasha, the likes, you know, a bit of, bit of a chance to stretch their legs there before getting game time on the, the box stage. I'm quite keen to see some Piwe, Matanzima and Ntuku Machunu link up in the front row. I think those are two exciting young props. I mean, Mchunu, very, very pacey. And Matanzima had a 97% tackle success rate in the URC last year. Two players I'm quite eager to watch. Yeah, look, I, I just personally love SAA or any A-team inclusions in any tournament. 
or any any structure, any game structure at the end of the year or mid-year. I like those midweek games. That's also something to look forward to. And also those fringe players get an opportunity for some uh, A-level um, game time. So you're quite right. It's actually interesting. I didn't realize that we only chose 19 already for the SAA and left some, left some uh, space there for the inclusion of more players. But yeah, very exciting. Very happy for the SAA. Yeah, what do you make of Joseph Dweber's, can we call it a demotion to the SAA squad? No, I think it's perfectly fine. I think the reality is when you're not performing, you should be you should be put on the bench, take a seat, take a kneel and rest, work a little bit harder at practice before stepping back up into into the starting lineup or back into the squad. So, you know, he's not he's not going far, he's going to the SAA team, right? So he's he's still very close to the spring box setup, still practicing, still warming up, still throwing into to the spring box players. And uh and yeah, I think that's good for him. I think we know we in the beginning we all said that he's a beast, right? And we're all looking forward to see what he can do. So let's let's hope that you know he picks up a bit of form. Yeah, I think Rossi rightly said Dweber's demotion is so that he can work on his lineouts. I think that was a fairly obvious issue of his in the game. So hopefully he gets the opportunity to do that. Also quite excited to see Ruan Nokia, Pepsi Butelezi, and Sikombuza Noche in that forward pack. Another mainline Springbok that's found his way into this team is now Herschel Yankees. He's really been struggling for game time with the box this year. This might feel very sorry for him, right? Or yeah. you that said he's fallen out of a bit of favor. I think you said it over the weekend. And it's true, though. He he came on, he sprung onto the map, he drew that game or know, prevented a loss against the All Blacks. Um, right, and he won that game against New Zealand for us. So he snapped around the blind side. Very exciting prospect and fallen away a bit. Yeah, that's for sure. So hopefully, you know, he can pick up a bit of form now. Interestingly enough, and I'm actually quite happy, Johan Kursen included in the SAA side and not the box squad. I think that was the right move to make. And strangely enough for me, Gianni Lombard included there over Jordan Hendrickson. So big ups to that young Lions 10 as well. And then a return for Cornell Hendricks to the SAA stage. You know, he's been in a bit of a, a legal battle with SA Rugby after his heart condition some years ago. And then friend of the show, Henku van Veik. We interviewed him. That interview is coming up in the episode a little bit later, but very excited to see what he offers in the the 13 channel. It's exciting, right? People, and he's got a lot of people talking. He does. You know? and, he, and, he's play, and he played center. When last we'll be so excited about a young center prospect. Yeah, and I'm sure that's actually going to play in well into what you said earlier about your issues in the, the Springbok starting side. Yeah, guys, and then it's just important that we we note another one of our sponsors. Magnesium Cafe has been with us for some time now. You know, guys, magnesium is so crucial to every rugby supporter. It really can help in so many ways. Things like depression. When your team lose one, they should have won. It can help you get over the loss and want to carry on with the planned bra you have on a Saturday. It helps you with your high blood pressure so you can handle those clutch moments in the final minutes of the test. When Chesham Colby is stepping over Owen Farrell, or when you're waiting for France to snap a monster drop goal. It even helps with migraines for those times when you're stuck at a bri with a few too many bull supporters who are still living in 2009. Yeah, so check out Magnesium Cafe and grab any of their incredible products with a 15% discount by using code PUNTED15 at checkout. Help by supporting us and getting all the great health benefits that come along with taking a magnesium supplement. Yeah, and don't forget, it's an informed sports certified product keeping your supplements clean and healthy whilst giving you the extra boost your body needs. Maybe you should take that before squash next week, Ronald. I hope you cut that out because I'm very offended. 
<laughs> That's all right. I think you'll get through it. All right, guys. I'm now joined by Lions and Springbok A Center, Henku van Veek. Henku, thanks for taking the time to join me on the pod. We're excited to have you, and I know our listeners will be ecstatic that you're on here too. Yes, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I do appreciate it. Yeah, so Henku, what a game you guys had against the Stormers at the weekend. I'm sure it's not the result you guys were after, but it's a great display of South African rugby that you guys put on there. You know, a bit of a break coming from the URC now, but it's been a real sort of high rise for the Lions this season so far. Yeah, I mean, um, that's not the way we wanted to end the, the first half of the URC. I mean, our first half, we 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 stuck to the processes um, and yeah, stuck to the plan that was set out for us. And then second half, uh, yeah, just didn't go our way. We were we 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 were very disappointed. I think if we control the game better in the second half, I think we we could have made maybe got a, a different result. Yeah, I mean, now there's time to to sort of refocus and everything as the internationals go on. But as I mentioned, you're not going to have too much time with the Lions as you will be heading off on the SAA tour. But I mean, in that game, you had a stellar one. You scored a nice try. And I think you actually might have scored another had it not been for that ankle tap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the team, like I said, the first half, the team the team did good. And uh, yeah, if, if, if we can get ball at the back, I, I think our backline can be dangerous. Um, so yeah, um, first off, like I said, first off performance, all credit to the team. But second off, yeah, it just didn't go away. We made a lot of mistakes, uh, gave, gave, away, um, gave away a lot of uh, easy penalties, e- easy 22 entries for the Stormers. So yeah, that, that counted against us. Yeah, and I mean, last year, the Lions, well, actually, all the South African sides really struggled getting into the URC and starting it off. I mean, it was a new competition, new opponents, new playing grounds, and obviously COVID as well. But the Lions really have been on the rise this year. You formed now a new center partnership with Marius Lowe, who under Silas and Milani having left the Lions. And you guys look to be quite well settled. I mean, that's a center combination we can see going forward for the Lions. Yes, definitely. Um, like I said in an earlier, Marius is a quality player. Yes, like he is a leader. I can, I learn a lot from him, like in our PSA sessions, uh, after training. We all, always work together, all the centers work together to improve our skills to, uh, together and everything. So yes, um, you know, Marius is a quality player and hopefully we can just grow, grow uh, from strength to strength. Yeah, I think you guys have already shown a lot this year and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys have coming from that combo as well. But tell me, Henku, a number of our listeners on social media often remark that they'd like to see you wear the 12 jersey. Is 13 where you want to be playing or do you not really mind which center position you take up? Um, yeah, I don't really mind. I play where a coach picks me. Um, I, I, I will play, play proper if I have to, to play. So, yeah, yeah, wherever, wherever a coach needs me, I'll, I'll play there and give, give it my best. I don't know. I think it's, it's nice to see another center coming through the ranks, you know, sort of in the mold of Lucanio. Um, it's good to see that you're solid on defense and you're solid on attack. You know, that's something we definitely value at Springbok level as well. I mean, what sort of guidance do you get there at the Lions from a Springbok stalwart in Jacques Ferry? Yeah, because Jacques, uh, like, uh, he's, a, he's one of my childhood heroes. So when he speaks, you you tend to listen very closely, pick up all the small detail he, he drops. So uh, yeah, he, he had a remarkable but. All the coaches has a remarkable um, impact on you. Um, all the coaches have coach you like all the small details they coach you. You can you can take in and and move forward with it. So um, yeah, all the I would say all the coaches at the Lions you uh, um, that coached me 
had a massive impact on my rugby. Yeah, it's really great to see. And it's great to see youngsters such as yourself getting the opportunity with someone that's sort of been there and done that before. The first Springbok game I ever attended was the British and Irish Lions game at Loftus where Jacques scored that try with a nice bounce on her guard. Oh, so also a childhood hero of mine. the right hand corner. Yes, yeah. So also <laughs> yes. a childhood hero of mine. But now, I mean, the Lions... It's it's a bit of a challenge for fans, for us as as journalists, you know, following we've got the URC, you guys will be taking part in the Challenge Cup. You know, how do you guys go about focusing and setting yourselves up for all these competitions that are on at the moment? Yeah, so um I think we had a very good preseason that laid the foundation uh for our season we for the long season ahead so yeah we we uh, the foundation that was laid in the in the uh, preseason we we want to build on it every week but uh yeah so we take it game for, for game for game we're not looking uh ahead in, into the future for the EPCR games and everything so uh we just want the three weeks that we we off now or don't play games we will be very focused on recovery and then uh if there's niggles, we want to sort that out, and then uh, we have to sm- fix the small details, the the errors that we made in the in the games that we lost uh, in the first first few rounds. So um, I think this three weeks we will probably be a lot more focused on us, and um, rather than focusing focusing on the opposition that we you know, play. You mentioned their recovery, and I mean for you guys, it's almost a, a full year around you playing rugby at the moment, especially when you start getting up to the international ranks as well. I mean, personally, how do you manage a workload like this? You know, URC, then going off to SAA, then the EPCR, and then back to URC. You know, how do you how do you manage to stay in shape and stay fit and healthy for all the matches you have to play? Yes, that is a that's a challenging part. I don't think you you will be you would be able to finish the the um the season if you're not focusing on the on the small uh, recovery recovery thing so uh, at the lines we have a, a few points that we have to follow the nutrition the sleep the ice baths the saunas and everything um like that the stretching so yeah if you follow that these type of that that steps you you uh you well set up to uh, finish finish the the season and uh, recover well yeah i think like you said it's very very important to care for the body as well there's a heavy heavy workload coming yeah. And it's actually quite exciting to see the South African teams going into the EPCR now. I think it's a great opportunity for us to play some other foreign opposition and really get the South African rugby brand out there. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, we 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 looking forward to to the the challenges that that uh, that it, the EPCR brings. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, we we must make a step up if we want to compete there. Yeah, I think it's going to be great to see all the South Africans and the cheetahs actually included in that. So it's going to be really great from a South African perspective yes. to have that that on. And then, uh, Henku, you know, everyone gets to see on the weekends this massive attacking game that you possess. You really are quite great with ball in hand, distributing the ball. But I think some people might not even realize you have a 96% tackle success rate in the URC this far. I mean, the defensive game... Is that something you've been working hard on with Jacques as well? Because he was a great defensive center. And I mean, that is what also sets a player like Lucania Amapart. You know, he's not only great on attack, but he's very good on the ground, very good in the tackle area. And is that something you've been working hard on in the preseason? Yes, definitely. Um, I think for any rugby player, not just outside center, I pride myself uh, on my defense first. So uh, yeah, that's a thing for me since primary school. That's just the way I grew up. Uh, I, if I slip a tackle, um, I feel I'm letting myself down, if I can say it like that. Uh, in, 
in today's rugby, I think for every rugby player, if you do the fundamentals very good, like tackling, distributing, doing your work very good and better than your than the opposition, I think uh, you can go farther further than your opposition. So um, yeah, that that's definitely something I, I pride myself. So, I mean, Henke, you've now gone, you made your debut for the Lions in the Curry Cup last year against the Cheetahs. This year, you made your URC debut against the Bulls in September. And now you've been called up to the SAA squad. Uh, When are you guys setting off for those fixtures, the SAA fixtures? Oh, yeah, the the comps that we received, we we will be leaving this weekend, this coming weekend. We didn't didn't receive a lot of uh, information yet, but yeah, I think... The information will be sent to us to us very soon. Yeah, it's going. It's actually really exciting to see the midweek games cropping up again. You know, it's a great chance to blood some youngsters like yourself ahead of the World Cup as well. You guys in the SAA squad are surely, obviously, looking for for an opportunity to join the Springboks main side too. Has there been any chatter from the Bok coaches in that regard? Mm, um, no, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing <laughs> of that. But definitely. Um, it, you aspire to play, play for the Springboks, but uh, that being said, it's a huge privilege to be chosen for the SAA team. For me, um, I'm very privileged and blessed. So yes, um, obviously I, I, I want to. I, I take game for game, so um, I, I'm not thinking too far ahead. So if it comes, it comes. But yeah, yeah, I'm very privileged. We're definitely backing you for that opportunity. There are some depth issues at 13, so we're definitely hoping we can see you get in that jersey sooner rather than later. Also definitely looking for Lucanio to to recover soon, though, that's for sure. Henku, can you tell me, you know, the box are playing some very, very tough fixtures at the end of the year now. They've got Ireland up first, then France, Italy, and England. You know, what What do you think the box chances are on the end of your tour? No, um... The books prepared, are well prepared. I know it. They're always well prepared. So uh, I, I would say, yeah, I'm a book in my heart. So I won't, I'll never say they're going to lose or they're going to do bad. So definitely, I think uh, it's not going to be difficult, uh, easy. But uh, I think it's going to be a, a bit easier than in the past because uh, we uh, the the book players are used to to playing against the uh, Europe side. So they play week in and week out against the the. Those players that they're going that they're going to face in the, on the international level now, so um, I don't I don't think it's going to be easy to, but I think it's going to they they they're going to be what, what how can I say it um, better prepared if I can say it that way. Personally, I think France is going to be our biggest struggle because of the French pack. Which game do you think yeah, is going to be the box biggest biggest one on the tour? Yeah, also I would also say France would be. Would be the the toughest game. Um, they have been on form for the last past few years. Um, a few people say they're gonna they're the favourites for the um, World Cup. So uh, yeah, definitely would be a good game to watch, and uh, hopefully the books can pull it through. Yeah, hopefully they can. It's going to be a crack, a crack in November. And then uh, Henku, just lastly, one of our writers, Harry, he's been tracking you since school days. He's a big vocal supporter of yours. And he's just asked me to please, please ask you to stay with the Lions. He's a big Lions fan too. <laughs> so I had to get I had to get that on the record for him. I know you can't make any promises. <laughs> I'm happy at the Lions now. So uh, yeah, I enjoy my rugby there. There we go. He just doesn't want to see you moving north to the Bulls. I think that's that's his <laughs> angle. 
But yeah, Henku, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you in those SAA fixtures. It's going to be a, a great November. And hopefully looking to see you in the box squad very soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity to uh, have this interview. And uh, yes, have a blessed day. Right, Ronnie. Why don't we jump straight in then to what we're really looking forward to and the perfect timing with the launch of season two, the November Internationals. So we did get a, a small preview the past weekend. We had New Zealand facing Japan. That was a bit of a shocker for me. Thanks, Supersport, for showing it. I really enjoyed watching that game. 38-31, New Zealand just narrowing a win over Japan. In case you didn't pick up on that, uh, Nick was being sarcastic that uh, Bloody Supersport decided not to show that game. That's their decision, unfortunately. Look, I think I, think I had my little uh, Ronnie's two cents lined up, and I might as well bring it in here right now. Japan, well, bloody done. I think uh, they may have lost. They lost on the scoreboard, but they won in our hearts or something like that, something cheesy like that. Cue something like that because they did exceptionally well and it's been coming now for a number of years. I don't think we can consider them a tier two nation anymore. I think we need to consider them with the likes of Scotland, Wales, or maybe Australia, who was ranked ninth going into the weekend. Your upper, upper tier one nations. Dropping one in on the Aussies there. But yeah, the All Blacks, you know, they lost Sam Kane now to injury to a visa check. And Brody Retallick. Yeah, Brody Retallick just got handed a three-week ban, which will see him miss the remainder of their tour, unless he manages to complete tackle school, and then he will be available for the last fixture against England. But yeah, the All Blacks have left to play Wales, Scotland, and England. And then... All right, so let's just let's just talk about that. Uh, New Zealand beat... Japan by seven points. That's it. Yeah, just seven points. One try in it. Japan playing very well. And like you say, they are no longer uh, a nation lagging behind. They really are starting to string some some solid performances together. I really had hoped they Absolutely. would get a win. And then, and then Scotland versus Australia. What a test match, though. I mean, they really are. I mean, that that's a, that's a great matchup in recent years. Yeah, 16 to the Wallabies, 15 to Scotland. Scotland really imploded there to let the Wallabies come back. I know a lot of people are, are laying some blame on Blair Kinghorn. For me, you can't really be too bleak at that player. I thought he had a stellar game. He scored an excellent try. Just one kick missed at the end. And, you know, if he's not clicking for club, can you really expect him to be kicking for country? So that's something the Scottish coaching structures need to correct from the base up. But, yeah, Scotland, maybe they're going to pip New Zealand. You reckon? Or do you well, reckon that's going to happen? Well, Max, when he was on the show with me, he thought that Scotland were going to beat the All Blacks. So if that happens, that will be a tremendous thing for the Scots in Murrayfield. You've got to, you've got to actually right. imagine that they fancy their chances at the very least. Look, I think, I think you have to fancy your, chances, fancy your chances. I think you've got to back yourself. Of course, you've got to go into the test match knowing that there's a possibility that you can win. From, as an outsider, my perspective, I think it's still a little bit early to think that Scotland can put New Zealand. Maybe in the, another couple of years of, of, of uh, all black uh, demise um, is required. Fair enough. And then, Ronnie, looking over to the Springbok team that was named today for the, the match against Ireland, this is going to be one hell of a fixture that we have coming. Pretty much happy with the team, except one or two positions, which I'm sure you're going to harp on. So let me just give you the forwards. It's an unchanged pack from the team that did duty against Los Pumas. Kitsov, Marks, Malherba, Irben and Lurt, Sia, Peter, Steph, Jasper. I'm happy with the starting eight. I feel like that's a good, solid 
comfortable team to begin the I game f- with. I feel like we've spoken about this forward pack 10 or 20 times already this year. So, ball means go for it, forward pack. Great. And then looking at our back line, Jaden Hendricks at nine. Damien returns to the 10 after Franz Ward and Durban. Mapimpi and Kurtley Aronsa on the wing, so return for, for Kurtley. Damien Dialende and Jesse Creel in the centers. And then Chelsea oh, Colby fuck. at fullback. <laughs> I hope that wasn't about Colby at fullback. What is there to say? What is there to say? How do you feel? Let's start with you. How do you feel uh, about that backline? You know, I'm pretty chuffed with that backline. I think there's good attacking threats out wide, except uh, number 13, Jesse Creel. Not convinced he's the man to go to there, especially when you've got someone like Henku in the wings who's actually stepped up a bit in the URC now. But I wouldn't be starting someone without experience against this Irish team. No, I, w- I wouldn't. St- you're absolutely right. I wouldn't start um, Henku for Vake, but I would bring him into the mix as, at, at some point. Though. Get him into the 18, perhaps, and potentially see if he can play latter end of the end of your tour. Maybe that's also a little bit too soon. But uh, Jesse Krill, I'm also not convinced. Um, I hope he proves me wrong. I mean, he's been around the block, though. He's got the experience, so you can kind of rely on him. But uh, I just don't find him. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced. I'll leave it there. And then, Ronnie, I know you're quite chuffed with Cheslin at 15, so I'm going to let you cover that selection choice. No, I'm not going to cover it. I'm just going to say I told everybody that this would be a good move. And, um, you know, Rassi finally heard me. I had to leave a couple of voicemails uh, for him. But I think he's led Shark now, and Shark's chosen Chazen at 15, which I think is brilliant because we're going to utilize Chazen now on both sides of the field in the second to last channel on either side. So that's going to be fantastic to see. I think you said that he's going to be cover for 10, right? Yes, he's covering 10. So I actually heard from Yuri that, you know, they really did listen to you, and Chazen's going to be wearing a little picture of Ronnie and the number on the back of his jersey this weekend. Yeah, no, it's, it's in the number one, it's at the top of the number one. (laughs) <laughs> there we go, hey, Ronald, representing. But yeah, very happy with Chesney. I think he offers a great attacking threat at the back there. He's going to have his work cut out for him defensively, though, because the Irish really do love to spread that ball. And Johnny Sexton's also known for some quality tactical kicking. The bench, Bongi, Ox, Vincent Koch, Franco Mostert, Dion Ferry, Quacker Smith, Faf de Klerk, and Philly LaRue. For me, probably the most vital selection of this whole squad is Dion Free and Quacha Smith. I think those two are going to prove hugely crucial in the last 20 minutes of a game. I mean, Ireland boasts the quickest ruck speed in world rugby at the moment. And having those two come on to slow the ball as our, our pack ties a little bit in the second half might just give us the advantage that gets us over and gets us the win this weekend. Absolutely. No, I couldn't, I, I couldn't fault the bench. Um, I can't fault the forwards. Just there's just one question mark for me, and that's at 13. But look, maybe Jesse Capri was strong this weekend, and we'll be happy for it. Yeah, well, we've got plenty of rugby to watch whether Jesse Creel pulls it off or not. And if he doesn't, maybe it opens opportunity for some of the youngsters. So let's just give him an opportunity, see what he does. But I really, really am worried about what we've got coming against Ireland in this one. And then, Ronnie, it's an action-packed weekend. There are a ton of games on. I mean, we're starting with Romania versus Chile, Italy versus Samoa, Scotland versus Fiji, Wales versus the All Blacks, Ireland, South Africa, yes. Spain, Tonga, France, Australia, England, Argentina, and Georgia and Uruguay. Guys, lock away so your friends. Get the TV remotes out. <laughs> <laughs> Turn the bry on. It is going. Don't on. call me. 
Uh, don't call me. Don't call me because I'm going to be very busy this weekend and it's going to start Saturday at 1 o'clock. So Saturday at 1 o'clock, uh, Romania, Chile, that's where you'll be catching me. Really hope Super Sports shows that. Yeah, I think I'm quite looking forward to the Scotland-Fiji game. Uh, I think New Zealand's going to not have too much trouble with the Welsh. And France-Australia. I think France are going to pump Australia. So I'm definitely going to be tuning in for that one, see how that goes. Which ones are you looking forward to, Ronald? I'm particularly looking forward to England versus Argentina because I think Argentina is going to cause an upset to them. That would be epic. That really, really would be epic. And then, Ronnie, biggest matchup of the weekend, well, at least for us, that is, Springboks versus Ireland. Now, this is a hell of a fixture. Ireland have been playing very, very well, had a good Six Nations, only losing to France. They then went on tour to New Zealand, won two of the three tests in New Zealand. First ever series win in New Zealand for them. Big challenge for the box this weekend. Yeah, you reckon you reckon it's a massive, massive call up, and 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 you know you you would be forgiven, but to think that, but you know Ireland going over and winning a series in New Zealand that was fantastic. I still think that I think that I, th- I don't I'm not concerned. I think the Springboks have this. You don't sound concerned at all, Ronnie. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'm not concerned. I, I honestly, I think I'm, I'm I am a little bit more concerned for what's coming uh, against France, but. You know, for now, for this weekend, I'm not. I'm not too concerned. Let's let's hope I'm right. Yeah, I think France is definitely the game I'm most worried about. However, do not underestimate the Irish threat. They are a heavy, heavy attacking team, and Andy Farrell, absolute beast in the coaching box. Ireland are definitely going to have done their homework. You know, I'm quite confident with the box pack that we've selected that we're going to be able to front up. It's going to come down to what our backs can do on defense without good old Lucanio there to marshal them. So that's a fixture I'm a little bit worried about. No, for sure. So uh, for, at least for this weekend, I'm not concerned. Maybe you are. That's why I have a couple more gray hairs than you, Ronald. But I'm also flipping excited to see the likes of Tad Furlong, Kian Healy and, and the likes get a go at our pack and vice versa. I think the rugby world deserves matchups like that more regularly because those are some of the best props in the world facing down on the best props in the world and Stephen Kitsoff, Franz Malherber, Ox and, and the likes. So definitely keen on that. And then Ronnie, some super brief predictions. We haven't done this in a while. I'm keen to hear how wrong you're about to be for the weekend. Yeah. So it's a little bit difficult though to speak up now because then you're going to catch an insight because We've also got a bit of a money pool going on on the side here for November International. So I'm a little bit concerned about giving away my trade secrets. Um, oh, but you've never won any money in the money pools anyway. So I think that if any advice I could get from you, it's what not to pick. So I guess there is some some sort of advice in there. I'm not going to speak any further until you apologize. I want to do all the games. Romania versus Chile. Who, do you, who would you, what would you say? I'm going Romania by eight. Okay, Romania by six. Italy v Samoa. Well, this is a tough one. Italy by five. Italy by six. Uh, Scotland, Fiji. I'm going Scotland by four. I've got the same. Uh, Wales v New Zealand. All Blacks by 18. All Blacks by 18. Considering the last weekend's performance against Japan. I mean, have you have you been drinking before this podcast? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> okay, Ireland, Ireland v South Africa. South Africa by one. Yeah, I've got South Africa by three. Spain v Tonga. Tonga by nine. Oh, no, okay. no, no, no. Tonga by 19. Just, uh, you think Tonga travels well, hey? Yeah, Spain. Okay, I've got to- Tonga by two. Uh, France v Australia. 
France by 23. Wow. Okay. If, if right. not even France double that. France might get wow. 50. Okay. France might get 50 Ooh. over Australia. You think Australia's that bad? Yeah. And France is that good. England, Argentina. Yo! I've got England by three, but I'm hoping for an Argentina upset. I've got England by 12. And then last one for the weekend, Georgia versus Uruguay. Georgia by 12. Oh, I'm going to go Georgia by 16. So a lot of rugby yeah, we've got okay. coming this weekend, Ronnie. Yeah, it's exciting. Don't call me. Don't call me. But y'all guys, don't forget to join our Super Brew Pool if you haven't already. You can come on there and beat Ronnie and then try and compete with me. And then, Ronnie, you know, Saturday, got a little bit of stats here for everybody. So Box versus Ireland. Box lost... The last game against Ireland, 38-3. That was a bit of a thumping back in 2018. The box have played Ireland 26 times. Our first game against them came in 1906. The box have won 18 of those fixtures, drawn one, and lost seven. So history favors the box, but, you know, all to play for in Dublin this weekend. All to play for in Dublin. Lekker, guys. Thanks for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Catch us back here next week, Wednesday, when we're hopefully celebrating a Bach win over Ireland. Bye.